In recent years, it's become clear that over the long term, contact sports that are violent cause terrible damage, such as concussions and other injuries. What does the Torah have to say about violent contact sports? Welcome to the Transformative Duff. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on page 35, Tractate Subas, and we learn that our bodies are a gift that we are entrusted to by heaven to look after. We must do everything to protect the sanctity of the body because it is the partner of the soul. Welcome to the Transformative Duff, and thank you for being my Chavrusa today. I like to begin with the story. When we lived in Canada, we were once invited to the rodeo, an event consisting of various farm sports, including bull riding and calf roping. Some of the sports were quite painful to watch. Calf roping, for example, sets a baby calf free, and then the cowboy chases the calf on horseback, lassoes it, and dismounts to throw it down by hand. The roper then ties any three legs together with a piece of rope. As you can imagine, many calves suffer tremendous injury in the sport. Witnessing the spectacle, one member of our group stood up and screamed, Can you imagine if anyone did this to their pet cat or dog? He would be charged with animal abuse. And with that, he left in disgust. But ironically, the following week, he returned to the same arena to watch a hockey game. Sadly, it's no secret that the highlight of the game for many is not the goal scoring, but the physical altercations between opposing players. Professional hockey is an activity synonymous with sports violence, up there with the NFL, boxing, and mixed martial arts. Given the statistics on injuries, concussion, and permanent brain damage, it's surprising that these sports are still legal. What's the Torah view of violent sports? Let's look at today's Gemara. And he who smites an animal shall pay for it a life for a life. And juxtaposed to it, it is written, And a man who places a blemish upon his fellow, as he has done, so shall be done to him. But this verse does not contain the word smites. Indeed, we are presenting a correlation between smiting an animal and smiting a person. However, when the second verse is written, it is written with regard to one who injures another. And is one who injures another not subject to monetary compensation rather than lashes? If it is not a matter of smiting that causes damage worth a pruta, apply it to the matter of smiting that causes damage less than the value of a pruta. Let's examine the Gemara in light of the Rambam's teaching about wounding another. Says the Rambam, A person is forbidden to injure himself or another, not only one who inflicts a wound, but anyone who strikes an innocent man of Israel, whether an adult or a minor, whether a man or a woman, in a quarrelsome manner, transgresses a prohibitive law. It is even forbidden to raise a hand against another if anyone does raise a hand against another, even though he has not struck him, he is wicked. The Magid Mishnah comments on the Rambam, noting that our Gemara is the primary Talmudic source for the prohibition of wounding another person. It's fascinating to see the way society's morals change over time. There was a time in history when gladiatorial duels to the death were the entertainment of the aristocracy. Undoubtedly, the day will come when civilized society will look back and wonder how their barbaric forebears allowed people to willingly smite one another while the audience looked on and cheered. But for now, we pay exorbitant sums to professional sportsmen called boxers and wrestlers. The Torah's values are eternal. For thousands of years already, we have known that willingly inflicting a wound upon another human being is forbidden. While the Aruch HaShulchan rules that if the two contestants enter the fight willingly, neither is liable to pay compensation for damages caused, that doesn't make it okay. The Shulchan Aruch HaRav emphasizes that to enter into such an agreement is essentially forbidden. 
It is forbidden to hit one's fellow even if he grants him permission to hit him, because a person does not have permission over his body. Our bodies belong to the Creator, blessed be He. While walking willingly into a boxing ring would absolve your opponent of all liability for injuries caused, someone would still be liable. That someone would be you. Hashem gave you a gift of a beautiful, healthy, functioning body. What makes anyone think he has the right to wantonly damage the gift he has been given? Of course, this is not only true of giving someone permission to punch us in the face. We must be careful not to do anything that would damage the gift that we have been granted by heaven. That means avoiding harmful substances such as cigarettes, drugs, and excessive alcohol. It means watching one's diet and eating the right foods. And it means engaging in basic exercise, thereby protecting our bodies from damage that results from wear and tear over time. More than any other religion, Judaism has always been mindful of proper care and respect for the body. Most other faiths see the body as a temporary abode for the soul until it can enter its eternal home in heaven. We believe that the ultimate reward will be the resurrection of the dead when the soul will be reunited with the body and both parts of you will be rewarded. After all, the soul without the body has no capacity to achieve its mission. Only through the vehicle of corpore sano can we fulfill our divine mission. Therefore, it would make no sense only to reward the soul. The world has come a long way since gladiators fought to the death, but we're not there yet. Society has yet to appreciate and show respect for the divine gift of our physical bodies. May you forever cherish and protect the vehicle of your soul in this world. Wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, there's something in the transformative duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe. To achieving a life of simcha and purpose, transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicopress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf.